this is only short, it's about 30 minutes long, but it's really well done, this documentary. It's a, it's a Sabbath documentary about sabotage. I can't stand it. I know you're playing... Not that sabotage. No, not, not that's, that. That's the Beastie Boys. Sabotage, an album which splits Sabbath fans. Not as much as the next one, Technical Ecstasy would. Yeah, but... Um, and that one's to come on this uh, series of documentaries done by, let me get this right, Alan Berry. Rather good. In that you don't... What you don't get is the kind of... Um, well, I say you don't get the in-depth nature of it. There's no kind of... Um, Let's talk to everybody in, who's involved, and let's do lots of docu- let's do lots of uh, documentary interviews of that because that can take more time. So what he does is short and snappy. He gives you the history of it. He goes through all of the tracks in, a, in only a, a sort of short way. He uh, provides you with graphic, with um, with inter- with um, quotes on it, nicely done. And one of the things that you get here is that it's the background which is really important. And he goes back to talk about, not just the music actually, but one of the main, I suppose one of the main um, precursors of this album, because on this album you do have the track The Writ, which is about some of the um, legal issues around management and that sort of thing. So we do get to see the people who are involved in the management. So, you know, along with Don Arden and um, and Wilf, his um, protege or right-hand man, or and Patrick Meehan, and the race to sign them, going to see Don Arden and um, Tony Iommi, quoted as saying it was too bombarding. Um, and also pointing out that some people had said that there was a separate story that Don Arden had been to see the band and were laughing at the band. But that seems to be rubbished and um, I don't think Don Arden would do that. I think it's one of the... You know, it's about business, isn't it? But certainly Tony Iommi is quoted as saying it was too bombarding, to use his phrase. Patrick Meehan wasn't, though. Seemed calmer. Um, Tony Iommi is quoted in this way as well. And they signed with him. But then they had problems with Mian and money and trying to get out of that deal and um, the knowledge that they didn't own any of their cars, really, or any of their music either. And and Bill Ward stepping in as manager, but not really being able to do that because of his alcoholism, actually. Yes, funnily enough. And um, mates doing it for a while and then Don Arden coming in and really, I suppose, saving them. And some of the issues around this album, which is called by Berry the first prog metal album. I'm not sure about that. I think it has a real 70s opening out feel to it. So, you know, when you're talking about some of the choirs and that sort of thing used here, um, I think it's got an opening out of, well, in the 70s, it did seem as if you could do anything. You know, it did seem as if you could do an awful lot of different kinds of music on one album. Singer-songwriters did it, and so why shouldn't we? Um... When talking about the um, the album too, they say that they talk about uh, Bill Ward's issues around here. He was ill, hepatitis, a mild heart attack. They had to stop for a month when he, you know, when he had his heart attack, and talk about his alcoholism and drug addiction and all of that. And they um, they do feel that this album, what was it, one of the tracks, has the best Aussie vocal performance. I'm not, 
I mean, I... It, they're bigger songs, these. So I can understand why he had to really push vocally for this. Megalomania, they talk about. They talk about it being the longest track Sabbath ever did. Not, not something I ever thought about. The thrill of it all, overlooked. And yeah, they're right. When, they, when I went back and listened to it, I thought, I do overlook this track. And actually, it's got both real commerciality to it or accessibility to it and real rock chops as well. Rock chops. <laughs> that sounds like something you could, it's like a business you could open, doesn't it? Rock chops. And then you've got um, the over, as they call it, the overdriven symptom of the universe. He thinks he can hear new wave of British heavy metal in there. I'm not so sure, really, but um, he says you can. Uh, he also talks about the choir on um, Superstar being like um, the Yardbirds. Still, still, I'm sad, I think he mentions. Or the Super Czar, Superstar Czar. Anyway, he talks about it being like the, um, the Yardbirds track, and I can't really hear it, but it's interesting that he's... Um, that he's mentioning this, and he brings in insights, does Mr. Berry. Like, um, I didn't know this, uh, Am I Going Insane, coming from uh, an Aussie-intended solo album between the last two albums, between, you know, the album before and this one. Um, and he brought it in, thought he was going to do an album, but something he didn't really mention to the band, because it's not something you do mention, is it? You wouldn't say, by the way, lads, no one else had done an album, you see. Before then, no one else had done a solo album, so you don't want to be the first one, do you, really? So before Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and this one, um, there was a thought he was doing a solo, going to do a solo album. I didn't know anything about that. Then we talk about um, the album cover, and I didn't know this either. They wanted to be um, part of Rennie Magritte's not to be, is it not to be produced, it called? The, the one with the, you know, you know, the mirror and the man looking in the mirror in the back and the front and all that. And Cream, the Amsterdam company, did the, the um, did the cover, but it was supposed to be in a castle with them in, a, you know, in, in one of the corridors. So it would look good and all of that. It would look big. But, I mean, according to this documentary, the record company Vertigo booked a small room and the band, when they knew they were going to that small room, thought they were going just to discuss the cover. So it just turned up in the way they did including um, Bill Ward having to borrow Ozzy's underpants and his wife's tights because um, he didn't have anything else to wear, really. He didn't used to wear underwear. So there's a forensic bit here, which is quite extraordinary, that they at the back of the cover, which is the back of them, of course, they focus in on the checkerboard design of the underwear that you can see um, through the material with, uh, with Bill, and then they go to another picture, which is um, which is another um, which is a picture of Ozzy with his trousers down, looking at the uh, looking at the camera. So <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> so it's it's really forensic. I like that. It really works for me. It, and it's fun as well. It's a really good documentary, this. And um, I'm looking forward, if it is Mr. Berry's documentary, to looking to, to seeing the next one. Uh, which, I mean, I like Technical Ecstasy, but I'm in the minority. And my favourite Aussie period album is Never Say Die. Never Say Die. But I know I'm really in the minority. However, 
I think that Sabotage is is a product of its time where things seem more open musically and funk was coming in and you could do a lot of different kinds of work. And I think that's what we've got here. I don't hear any new ever British heavy metal, really. And I don't hear any other stuff either. I take Mr. Berry's point, of course, but not really seeing anything apart from being able to open up. But this is a real fun half-hour documentary. Really well uh, researched. Takes a different view. And with so many documentaries out there, it's what you need. So well done. Now, I must go back and listen to... Ta-ta.